Tate Publishing and Enterprises, along with Tate Out Loud Audiobooks presents When Therapy Isn't Enough, written and narrated by Mary Detweiler. Introduction. First there was therapy, then came God, then came recovery, and then came true healing and peace, the peace that only God can give, the peace that surpasses all understanding. To understand this journey, one must begin with a little girl growing up in northeastern New Jersey in the 50s and 60s in an Irish Catholic family with an alcoholic father. Even though her home was almost always filled with people and activity, the little girl felt isolated, alone, and disconnected from everyone. Inside, she was empty. The little girl grew up believing she had no inherent worth or value, so she set out on a long journey to find what she always longed for but never had, acceptance, value, and love. The journey I am speaking of is, of course, my own. That journey led me down the roads of overachieving, compulsive caretaking, partying, overworking, anything to make me feel valuable and worthwhile. The methods I used to numb feelings I didn't want to feel were overeating and substance abuse, sometimes one, sometimes the other, sometimes both. The price I paid for engaging in these dysfunctional behaviors was anxiety, depression, and anger outbursts. Inside, I felt like the little match girl described by Hans Christian Andersen in his story by that name. Just like the little match girl, I felt cold and alone, with an invisible wall separating me from the warmth and togetherness others appeared to enjoy. The following excerpt from the story illustrates my internal emotional experience throughout my childhood and adolescence. The flakes of snow covered her long, fair hair, which fell in beautiful curls around her neck. But of that, of course, she never once now thought. From all the windows, the candles were gleaming, and it smelt so deliciously of roast goose, for you know it was New Year's Eve. Yes, of that she thought. In a corner formed by two houses, of which one advanced more than the other, she seated herself down and cowered together. Her little feet she had drawn close up to her, but she grew colder and colder. In the corner, at the cold hour of dawn, sat the poor little girl, with rosy cheeks and with a smiling mouth, leaning against the wall, frozen to death on the last evening of the old year. Stiff and stark sat the child there with her matches, of which one bundle had been burnt. Rather than dying physically, however, I died emotionally and spiritually. I was riddled with toxic shame. I grew into a human doing instead of a human being, as John Bradshaw talks about in his book, Healing the Shame That Binds You. To fill the emptiness and connect with people, I tried partying with them, abusing alcohol and marijuana. I also tried working with them as a psychotherapist, my chosen profession. None of it worked. I felt empty, alone, and disconnected. I was a walking, talking, functioning embodiment of toxic shame. Today, I am a child of God, a member of God's family. The emptiness has been filled with a sense of purpose. The aloneness is gone, and I am connected to God and to God's people through Jesus Christ. This book describes the journey that transformed my toxic shame into a sense of purpose and passion. 
It's about how my shame developed, how it turned toxic, how the toxic shame was healed, and how it was transformed into purpose and passion. The path that I followed to attain inner healing and peace is described. That path is also available to you. My hope and my prayer for you is that as you listen to this book, you will not only see how my shame impacted my life, you will also see how your shame impacts your life. I further hope and pray that you will choose to walk the path that leads to true healing and peace. It will change your life. I know it changed mine.